I'm Gab, he's Jules, uh, horrible gray skies over West London, horrible gray skies over Jules' yeah. head as well, you're like the Charlie Brown character. Oh. I am very sorry, Paris Saint-Germain, um, I think personally, deservedly so, over yeah, the two legs, yeah. losing 2-0, but Jules, there was a moment in the first half when you thought, hey, we can do this. Yeah, I thought they controlled the pace of the game well, they controlled that first half well, they played... I thought with some sort of maturity, some cohesion collectively, they occupied the pitch really well, different zones, everybody was, it could have been better because I think there was maybe a potential considering Bayern was so obsessed with Kylian Mbappe. And it looked like it was a whole like Kylian plan. Yeah, and then, then, then exploit that. For example, yeah. if you pull, already you know that Upamecano and Stanisic would be alone Mbappe, which means that De Ligt would be in that zone if you put Hakimi and Vitinha behind up the... There was, there was way to find even more spaces. Well, they didn't do it as much as I would have liked them to do. But instead, still... they put somebody very quick and dynamic like Lionel Messi in the... Yeah, which again... <laughs> no, but you're right. But I think, I think there was potential in that first half to be really, really on top. And then they didn't take the chances. The one for Messi that Nuno Mendes crosses. I, I think he can even take a shot. He can even take a shot. The big one is obviously the Vitinha one. I still don't understand now why he rushes it so much and then the shot is so soft that De Ligt has the time to come and clear it off the line. And then when you don't take your chances in a game like this, you know that at halftime Nagelsmann is going to tweak something, make an adjustment tactically for his team to be better in the second half, which is what all very good coaches do. And not so good coaches like Christophe Galtier don't do yeah. anything. I, I, I think there's a resilience to this Bayern team. Um, and... Nagelsmann's courageous, making some big calls. Obviously, Stanisic ahead of Jokinsel. We're going to get into that uh, into that later. That's still a call. Um, you know, when you think Mane not a hundred percent, he doesn't go with the reputation. Is he? He he leaves him on the bench. Um, they're coming off, I thought, a really poor performance at the weekend, right? Yeah. Instead, it comes together. They're not rattled, and they see it out. Um, even when Sommer went walkabout. I thought, okay, you know, is Sommer, is he going to, you know, are they going to miss Neuer? Is this a situation where, where Sommer may be at this level, the mentality? No, he comes back, he makes that save off of Sergio Ramos. I don't like this whole metaphysical stuff because I don't fully understand it, but it's a thing, right? Yeah, they, they come and said it when I saw him after the game. He said, we're used to this. This is what we yeah. do in a way, which is true. This to be close. PSG don't have that mentality right now. They might never have it. I think it's something that... It's weird because they have the big players, right? Yeah, but, but they don't team, necessarily have that. They, they have players who have, probably have it as individuals. As a team, as a yeah, collective, it's not there. Exactly. Who knows? Maybe it is a thing, even though it's metaphysical. I got to ask, there is now, this raises a million questions about Paris yeah. Saint-Germain. And in, I think in some ways, it's kind of stupid because the million questions would be there regardless. Even if they win the Champions League, the million questions would be there. So questions aren't true, but hey, it's tradition. They've been eliminated. They've been knocked out again. Yeah. The only trophy they can win this year is, is Ligue 1. Um, so the questions are up there. Uh, questions about Messi, questions about Mbappe, questions about Nasser, questions yeah. about the ownership, questions about Gaultier, although other than his immediate family, probably fewer people care about that. Where to begin, Jules? I don't know. I think it's a bit early now because it's so recent and raw in a way. They're not going to make any decisions quickly on Galtier's future. For example, although I don't think he's good enough for this level anyway. And I think if you, right now, you need an overhaul of that squad. You need to start building something like Ten Hag is doing at United or even Arteta, Arsenal. And he's not the right guy for that. So you need, you need the right person, the right manager to, to implement all of that. So this is, this is really interesting. And I know I shouldn't jump in, but I think what you're suggesting, you're talking about Ten Hag, Arteta, you're not talking a man-manager who manages big egos, big stars. You're not, we're not talking about our friend Carletto here. No, you know, to, to deal with broad stereotypes. Yeah. Or Zidane. Yeah. You're talking about somebody ground-up, multi-year project. You've tried, you've tried the, um, the try to quick, quick success route in a way by going bling bling. Let's get the biggest names. Lauren Blanc, Ancelotti, yeah. those are man managers. But, 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 or the yeah, perceived but with to be. players, you know, yeah. Beckham, Ibra, Neymar, Messi, Mbappé, anything right. you want. That hasn't worked. I think maybe it's the time to switch a little bit your the, the way you do this project 
to go maybe with thinking about the team more than individual. And for that, I think you need someone who will build that squad, build that style of play. It's, it's a great point. There's an argument to be made that you have built the Paris Saint-Germain brand to now yeah, exactly. one of the biggest in the world. Now focus on just getting it to be great on the pitch. Yeah. Mark Ogden suggested, for example, I'm sure, he's, I'm sure he didn't come up with the idea on his own. Others in France might have said, hey, France produce all these great players. What if we, Paris Saint-Germain, what if we just hoover them up when they're young um, and go that route, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, it's not, that, it's not as easy to do than to say it, but yeah, yeah. All right, Jules, I, I want to pick up some of the questions about um, Paris Saint-Germain's future, but first I want to make a point about the game, which people often have. We were both on the FC show last night, yeah. and Ale Moreno made a point about, you know, it's difficult to play Bayern when you have two people who just walk around the pitch and occasionally they trot. Now, one of them is Lionel Messi. This is an old thing. This is how he plays. This is how he's played really for the last yeah. seven, eight years yeah. of his life. Some of it is he has an enormous football brain. So he knows how to maximize that. Some of it, he's 35, he makes the right decision, wants to be fresh. I don't expect Lionel Messi, expect the team to do the running for Lionel Messi. And that's what they did for with Argentina, for example, my, yeah. my McAllister, Alvarez, all these guys, Enzo, running themselves into the ground. Yeah. That works, right? You want a World Cup, you want a, a bunch of Ballon d'Ors at home. I, I'm not going to fault Messi for doing that, that you knew he, he, this is how he plays the game, and he's very effective playing the game. He's had a really good season this yeah. year, even for Paris Saint-Germain, right? Yeah. I mean, he had a stinker last night, but he's been, he's been good, right? We're not going to have an yeah, argument more, over that. Yeah, more than right? enough. Yeah. However, I'm sorry he's your boy. When Kylian Mbappe does that, and it's not just with Paris Saint-Germain. We saw it at the World Cup with France, right? He, he becomes a player of moments off the ball. He becomes a player where he doesn't track back. He doesn't do that side of the game. And again, ostensibly you do it to remain fresh because when he gets the ball, he's devastating. And he was devastating in those moments in the World Cup final, right? But on a club team, but did, did France don't have Lionel Messi playing for them, right? No, no, yeah. You can have one guy like that. And we can even question whether at this age that he's at, he should be like that. Because, you know what, I, I invite people to go back, watch even Cristiano at that age, right? Christi early Cristiano at, uh, at Manchester United, even his first couple seasons at Real Madrid. This is a player who still tracked back, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not suggesting he was home in Son, but, you know, no, he no, did no. track. So I, I'm just wondering, is does he not see the side of the game? Does he not see that? What's going on there? I don't. I mean, he played cent he played centrally yesterday on on Wednesday night. There's not much tracking back to do. You track back when you play wide, and your fullback is going forward. For example, no, when and you, you play centrally, you go and you sit on Joshua Kimmich to yeah. try to disrupt him, and you go and you you still press when you're when, it's not when really you're playing team, centrally. It's not really a team to press, but you're right. Your point stands because he doesn't want to do it. It's as simple as that. We talked a lot about it during the World Cup because he was very clear, and Deschamps was very honest about it saying he doesn't want to defend so we have to find a way of of um, excluding him from the sort of defensive task that a team has to do but you're right maybe it's not enough and maybe even with the body didn't do enough yesterday I think there's a point where you could be the best player in the world and I think he is now or he's in the top three let's say with I don't know Rashford and Ozyman if you want or Gvaras Kelly or whatever where you can't do it all on your own anyway so I, I, I would have loved Kylian to have an amazing game yesterday. I joked with some people at the club before that, you know, if he scored two or three, then I would have him, uh, you know, in the flash interviews post-match, that kind of stuff. But, and maybe he didn't do enough. You know, maybe he, did, he didn't do enough in the whole game to get himself available, to find the space. It was hard because Upamecano defended really well. Stanisic helped him well. De Ligt sometimes. All of that, he didn't get much service either I get it but yeah maybe you're right maybe you should do I, more more efforts overall I mean I'm thinking of two great center forwards you know one of them a Ballon d'Or winner the other one probably should have won one Karim Benzema and Robert Lewandowski who in terms of work rate and energy you know certainly when they were his age obviously now they're, they're older they were they did all that 
Yeah. And he still scores, scores tons of goals, and Benzema won, <laughs> Benzema won the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, but and you need to look at the team around them. Uh, Gav, you need to look at the team around them. You know, and I, I, I do wonder if, if Mbappé is in the Bayern team instead of Lewandowski, with the manager, with the manager like Pep, for example, I, I would think that he would have probably, he would have done the work and the running that Lewandowski did. Ah, and that, that is a perfect segue to my next point. The manager, because yeah. we've seen Pep go and get, you know, because look, the old trope in football is if, oh, you're the skill guy, you don't necessarily go and have the, the, the physical energy side of the game because you want to be fresh when you get the ball, all this stuff, right? These guys, Pep takes over a team and they all start running like maniacs, yeah. right? That, that, that was a whole thing. Even with Barcelona, early Pep, right? They ran more than anybody else. Yeah. Even though they had 70% possession, you're still outrunning the opposition. I'm like, wh where's all this running coming from? <laughs> and the ball, the ball, and they're moving the ball so well, they shouldn't be running, but they are, right? And that's what made them so good. You know, and that was a football for that time and whatever. So the question is, do you need a manager who can unlock that side of Mbappe, who can explain to him, this will make you an even better player yeah. on a much better team. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. But I think I I want. I think he knows it, and I think it's. I think the, the the problem is the lack of collective cohesion of that team. Anyway, so he could have pressed more yesterday or counter pressed more, but behind him he would not have followed anyway. The, he would have done it for. And I think sometimes he doesn't do it because he knows that it would be crazy or stupid for him to do it. Because behind because him, the, the, the unit, the block, would not follow anywhere. Because I think there's a lack of work behind it. I think Galtier, again, has limitations. And, you know, this is not... And again, I, I would love to see Kylian in a, in a pep, pep team or in a club team and see, and see what happens and see how he does. It would maybe never happen, but he might have a manager one day. And I think Tuchel got... A bit of that at the time with him. So I don't know, but but yesterday I think he wanted it to be his big day and he wasn't. And he was in the end, he was disappointing. Uh, one of the one of the, the one of the big issues here is obviously in terms of potential Gaultier succession. You know, and, and, and you've talked about that, but. More broadly, there's this perception of Paris Saint-Germain, and here I'm going to be Mr. Contrarian, that, well, part of it, you know, it's a zoo, it's show business, there's different people, too much change. You know, I was trying to think, obviously Leonardo was there for a few years, but then what they, you've had three directors of football in the last four years, something like that? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, the continuous changing of the managers, players, showbiz, social media, all that may be true to some degree, but that can't be an alibi for lack of success because the team they're playing against. Every time we have Jan on, right, and he talks about Bayern, he's like, oh, yeah, FC Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. You've got this guy talking, that guy talking, this guy, Nabry goes to the uh, uh, Fashion Week, Neuer yeah. and his weird friend who gets sacked and whatever. There's controversy. Yeah. There's unrest. There's distractions. There's some level of chaos at a club like Bayern. Um to some degree, there always is a big, or there, no, I shouldn't say always, there often is yeah. at big clubs, right? Because you've got superstars or whatever, media interest. So I don't think that that, I mean, that's one of the things that makes Paris Saint-Germain weaker. But it's not the be-all and end-all the way some people make no, it out to yeah. be. yeah, I agree with you. No, I don't think, I think it's maybe more controlled or it's dealt with better at a club like Bayern because they are... It's part of their DNA and they're used well, to it in a way. So they it's know. so much part of their DNA that often the people who are causing it are the director of football <laughs> and, the, and the chairman. The chairman and and Uli Hoeneß oh, talking yeah, from director. his like, sausage factory. But, but I, think, I, I think I look at more like, okay, you could be FC Hollywood as long as you work as a team and you play as a team, which is what Bayern still do more than not. PSG, it's not the case. And I think the blame is on the manager. He's on the sporting director for, for building these squads not in the right way, maybe, or structuring the squad in a different way. Mbappe said it yesterday after the game. He's, and he rarely stops in mix zones, and when he does, it's because he has something to say, and that's why he stopped in front of us. But he said, I looked at the Bayern squad. This is a great squad, a great team, and they have a squad to win the Champions League. And we don't. Basically, right. that, that's, that's what he meant. And he said, for us, this is our maximum. This is where we are, basically. Okay. And so he's right. 
That, so the, the, that I, you said that last night on the show. I thought that that's a great quote. You can read it in different ways. You can read it as a hint about uh, about his future. And there's yeah, of course. I, I've encountered two different people in the last couple of weeks who say, "Oh, he's definitely going to Real Madrid." I don't believe in definitely Mbappe anything after what happened last time. Yeah, um, I think he's going to decide later. Uh, and I'm not even a hundred percent sure on what terms Real Madrid would take him because I think. There's a lot of Real Madrid fans who really feel genuinely let down by Mbappe. I think there's yeah, a lot of bad maybe. blood there. Um, but I think you make you make a good point, though, because if, if, if I were to be man on the street, I would say, yeah, okay. So you've got the by far the highest wage bill in football. You know why they have a better squad? Because they don't have people making the kind of money that you, Messi, and Neymar make. You know, they don't have three guys swallowing up, what, like more than 50% of the wage bill. Yeah. That, that's, that's a big part of it, right? You want to win. Hey, what if you take 10 million less a year? You'll still be a very wealthy man. And this is, I'm not having a go at Mbappe. No, right? no, no, this no, applies yeah, to Messi, yeah. and it applies to Neymar as well. And then maybe, you know, we sign... Uh, another center back. Obviously, they had a whole bunch of center backs out last night. Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that that's the excuse, but, no, no, but you know, had, once you lose Marquinhos injuries. as well, yeah. I'm like, who are those guys? That, well, I recognize Sergio Ramos, but like, you know, it got a bit dicey yeah, after no, that. No, but, so that, I think, is also fair. How do you allocate those resources? And that's on yeah. the director of football, and it's on Nasser. Yeah, of course, because when you finish a game like this with two 17-year-olds from your own academy, which is great, and they... The Paris boys too, so it's fantastic. But you should not be finishing a game like this when you're chasing the game. Not when you have the highest wage bill. As well. In world right. football. As good as they are and as talented as they, they are and might become great players, but Bichabu and Zaire Emery are not... This is not what you need in a game like this. So I think this is, again, the limits of that squad, the way it was built, maybe where the money was spent, as you said, on wages, on going to get Carlos Soler, for example, even Vitinha, Ruiz. You could look at all those signings from the summer. I don't know. It looks like they will switch this summer for more French, younger Right. Parisian as well, if possible, like Kone, like the Turan brothers, like Colomani, those kind of guys, and mix it up with, with experience. But really, are you going to renew Lionel Messi's contract when you well, see him play last night? I think uh, even he last night probably realized, like, listen, this level is, is, I think, at times too hard for him. Or oh, not too hard, but in the sense that you saw that moment where he's five yards ahead of Goretzka on the counter-attack. He sprints like crazy and Goretzka catches him up like on the halfway line. Goretzka has longer legs. Maybe, but <laughs> this is the reality. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a dig at Messi, the GOAT. It's nothing to do with his willingness to no. do well and the motivation. It's not that. It's just that he's getting older and he's not as effective and his game has evolved. But right now, for this level, I, I, I don't know. I think so maybe you should not extend him. You should not extend Sergio Ramos at 36 either and get Skriniar who's already signed plus another centre-back in that kind of age bracket between around 26, 28 maybe. Alright, well that is a question for the sporting director, um, Luis Campos who, as we know, wears many hats because he's got his own business. He's really a consultant. Yeah. Again, can you say dysfunction? I, how does one of the biggest clubs in the world, at this, and at this stage, Paris Saint-Germain belongs there, how are they not able to hire somebody who works exclusively for them? I mean, he says that he works just for them. It's just some other people from his company work at Celta Vigo, for example, because there's the other club where he's heavily involved. I mean, his company is heavily involved in. But no, it's a it, fair it's point. It's not it's a good a fair point. It's a, it's it's a, a stick fair. to beat him over the head with because everybody's just going to get scrutinized twice over. Um, I, 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 I think that's another argument to make. With Messi, again, I haven't had a million people telling me, oh, he's definitely going to, to enter Miami. I don't know that if you're Messi, I don't see why you would commit to enter Miami now, why you would make up, why you would take your decision now. Um, but he's got a lot to think about. Yeah, of his own level, of where this team is going, um, well, like, but for PSG as well, like, is he? Can he win you the Champions? Because this is this is the the point. 
Ligue 1, it doesn't matter. The French Cup doesn't matter. Who in this team can win you the Champions League? Is Can Messi play in a strong collective unit and win you the Champions League? I'm not too convinced. If you, have ten, if you have 10 guys who run for him and work for him and you have the right players around them and the right coach, you can. In the same way Argentina can win the World Cup. Yeah, but you, you're not going to sign 10 players and sell 10 this summer. If you do four and four, maybe that's... But would that be enough? And that means Messi another year older, by the way, because yeah. we you need him to win those games next year in February, in February, March. You know, not in September. So... I don't know, is Neymar the guy to win you the Champions League? At 31 with a dodgy ankle? Well, it's, it's more than dodgy. Neymar you're stuck with because he has a contract. Yeah, yeah. Right? They're going to try to sell him again this summer, but who would take him now? I, I think with Neymar you're talking about, I mean, unless he goes to the golf and teams up with Cristiano or something, I think I mean, maybe, maybe they'll be working on that. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I don't even know if, if he would want to do that. Well, why? I mean, yeah. Neymar's got enough money. Neymar strikes me as somebody who's actually not super motivated by money. Um, no, maybe not. You know, relative to others. I, some people, as we know, there's some professional athletes, right? There's, there's comp their competitors and your salary is a way of keeping score. For, I don't know Neymar, but I know people have been around him and people have worked with him. And obviously there's questions, his dad and whatever. But him personally, I, I'm not, I don't think that's the main driving force for him. No. So maybe if he found a project that would work for him, maybe, and he'd be happy, maybe he would take a pay cut. But what's for sure is that at the level I saw in the first leg and in the second leg against Bayern, and again, this is not an outstanding Bayern team. They are better teams than Bayern right now in this competition, still left. Those, them three, Neymar, Mbappé and Messi, cannot play well together. It's not possible and help the team. The team will be unbalanced. The team will have more flows than actually qualities with that front three. So you keep two if you want, but I don't, I don't think the three will make you win the Champions League next season. I really, I, I really believe that. On the side, we talked about distractions. We've talked about these big players. Uh, we haven't even mentioned, but because <laughs> I want to get to Bayern yeah, too. Yeah, of course, of course, we should. You've got the man running the club who is being investigated for torture and kidnapping. And you have the right back, who I think is one of the top three in the world, Ashraf Hakimi, who's being investigated for sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, these are things that don't help. No, 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 that's for sure. They don't help. You also have, obviously, the Manchester United sale and Qatar's involvement, and it's different than QSI, but maybe not so different. It's still Qatar, all of that, which I don't think help either. <laughs> yeah. And we have the lease of the Parc de France, right? Which we've, we've talked, told you about. That uh, you know, it's it's pretty. Oh bad. man! Uh, all right, let's talk about. Oh well, sorry, final point on this. I called it the Ogden Plan before. I'm, I'm sure that's what most people in France call it. This idea that you touched upon. Hey, what if we go and we pick up people like Chouameni before they go to Real Madrid? What if we pick up? Upamecano. What if we pick up, you know, before he goes to Leipzig? Yeah. Um, what if we do things like that? But then you need to allow the time, the time to to grow. When Chouamini leaves Bordeaux to go to Monaco, the, the, he leaves in January. Those first six months, he is dreadful. And in Paris, he would have been slaughtered by the media, maybe by the fans as well. That environment would have become a Monaco. People say, like, leave him the time. We know he's got talent. Because there's nobody in the stands at Monaco. But if, and in Monaco, if he hadn't worked out for him, it would not have mattered. They would have sold him for maybe around the price they would have bought him, maybe yeah. to a club, yeah, somewhere in Germany. Yeah. No, and this is it. In PhD, maybe they felt at some point that you, you could not do that. Now I think they're coming to the idea that, yeah, maybe they, that's what they should, they should be doing. A bit like what Bayern are doing in Germany. Hoovering up the best domestic talent. Who yeah. Are familiar with the league? Culturally, it's a better fit. Um, but is that enough to win the Champions League gap as well? Is it like a team, of full, full, a team full of Parisians? Great, I'm all for it. You know, is that, can that win you the Champions League as well? You also need experience. You maybe need people who've done it before, played there before. So it's fi finding the right balance and the right mix, I think, which won't be easy. Ooh, but like certainly, asking. I think there's, there's an overall to, to be done in this squad. Would the French national team, plus, say, Donnarumma, Verratti and Neymar win the Champions League? 
I'd like those chances. Yeah. No, no, fit. no, me too. Me <laughs> but, too. But. Uh, no, and, and I think there's also a thing with the branding as well, why they had to go that, down that route with Messi and Neymar. For example, N'Golo Conte, fantastic player. If in 2014, I think it was, right? If nine years ago they had signed N'Golo Conte yeah. and Conte had the same career, would Conte bring you, probably bring you much more on the pitch, but would he bring you the same level of, of, of fame and sponsors and attention? No, he wouldn't. Because no, yeah. he'd be just, just a guy, right? Yeah, exactly. And same with Fabinho the summer before he went to live. Like, I've got a long list of the signing that they could have made or should have made that would have made a difference on the pitch, but maybe but certainly not off the pitch in right. terms of marketing-wise what they wanted to do with that club. So it was just, just the, the path that they chose. In terms of Bayern, I want to give a, a shout-out to... Eric Maxam Choupo-Moting. Because, no, no, no. Because it was treated as a joke when he signed for Paris Saint-Germain and he scored the most important goal in the history of the club. Yeah. And now he's at Bayern and he's backing up Lewandowski. Remember all those people in the summer, those people who are obsessed with, oh, a proper 30-goal-a-season striker, blah, blah, blah. Like, Lewandowski leaves and they bring in Mane. Some people say, oh, Mane has to play center forward. They try it a couple of times. Mane gets injured, goes away. They're top of the league. They're in the, they're in the last eight. This guy's scoring goals. Is it because if you're that good, a team, a collective, you create so many chances, you can have a good rather than great center forward? Is it that simple? I think, or maybe is he actually better than people thought he was? I think both. I think you're both right. I think he's better than people think, but there are better strikers than him. And I think Bayern should get... Which is what we said, we had a discussion, right. remember, when he extended his contract and we, we had a Exactly. But I also think that... And I saw him yesterday and he... Okay, he scored a goal. It's a tap-in that you and I would have scored, of course. But he's there. I know, but we would have been there. Trust me. The way they were pressing, that we would have been there. And... But for the rest of the game, it's not enough. I mean, Danilo, Danilo marked him really well. Sergio Ramos, who is 55 years old, marked. So right. I think they would be better with a better striker. But for now, he does, he does a decent job. He does a good job. But I still think they would be better with a better striker. And there are better strikers, or there would be better strikers available in the summer. Would they want to go and splash a lot of money? Because whoever that would be will cost you a lot of money. Otherwise, don't go and keep him. It's fine. I don't know if they will, but I, I still think that they should do better than him. A word on Joao Cancelo, because, again, we talked about distraction, stuff like that, controversy. And you know I'm a huge Joao Cancelo fan. I can see yeah, the fullback yeah. in attacking position. I am aware of his defensive limitations. It's pretty extraordinary that he would be dropped in a, in, in a game like this. And he didn't start at the weekend either. No, yeah. Um, there have been suggestions that, oh, he, they're not happy with his defensive work ethic. You've seen this guy for, what, six, seven years? Uh, we've been saying that. He played in Italy where we slammed him for his defensive work ethic. Yeah. But we're like, oh, it's okay because he's so good on the ball, right? Is this a bit of a screw-up? You bring him in and you say, ah, we can't get this to work. Send him back to this. I mean, is this where this is heading? If you play like they, tactically like they did yesterday... With a back three, there is a bit of a back four, but more of a back three, and you need your right centre back to be almost as good as a centre back than a right back. So Pavar, Stanisic, there's no room for Cancelo because you can't play. So him it was as a, a matchup thing in this game. It was, it was yeah, simply I don't I don't want Cancelo against Mbappe because that's not. Yeah, yeah exactly, right. exactly. So and Stanisic, and Stanisic has done well for them, and he played well with Croatia against France in June against Mbappe. So that made sense. I. I'm very skeptical about how much Cancelo is going to play. He's going to play in some games, of course, in the Bundesliga games that they're going to easily win. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, especially if they have a top, top draw in the quarterfinals, if it was exactly the same team as we saw against PSG last night in the second leg and there's no room for Cancelo in it. Other than people whose names start with a J on Bayern Munich, is there anybody more technically gifted than Joao Cancelo on this Bayern team? Start with the jail, help you out. I'm, I'd put Kimmich and uh, uh, Musiala as more and technically Mane. gifted. And yeah, I guess Sadio Mane too. Yeah. But is that it? Sane on a good day? Sane on a good day? Yeah, Gnabry. No, no, but I, 
But I don't think the talent is the problem here. I don't think the talent is the problem. It's just not a fit for this exactly. game. Exactly. For different this formation. Right. You move to a back four, you play slightly differently. I think there's room for him. So I think we can say it's not his Bayern Munich career isn't over. Like no. there is a way back in. And I, but Nagelsmann is pretty stubborn. But if this is the case, though, Nagelsmann, who's a very intelligent guy, I think you need to make this clear. You need to make this clear to him, make it clear in public. You drop for this game because of the matchup with Mbappe, because we're defending a lead, blah, 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 yeah. whatever else, right? Which you would think but that. But if we play a different team in the next round, I may have you back out there because you're really, really, really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Simple as. I, I, I like my Joe Cancelo. Uh, I know you do. I know you do. Final point on Bayern. How many teams, we, we put them in the top tier. I don't know if they're favorites, but other teams left in the competition and obviously. Yeah. We put them in the top tier with Real Madrid and City, right? Are those yeah. three clearly above everybody else? I think so, but they should be playing better. And Real Madrid or Liverpool, I think, whoever... You know, you even whoever advances, I mean... Yeah. Okay. No, I know, but, you know... But I watched them again last night, and I'm thinking, OK, they win. They don't have to play great because, we, as we've been saying, this was enough to beat this PSG team. But they should be playing much better. They've they got be more time. And Mane coming back will help, I'm sure. Then what do you do with Musiala? Where do you play Musiala? Because Mane would come in on the left-hand side where Musiala has been playing. I, I, so you I drop did, Muller? You, no, you know my answer. You play, you drop Super Motang. I, mean, I, know, I know I praised them before, but in most games you can play Mane. So the, he would have problem. to make choices. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I still think they should be playing better than what we saw. Oh, there's no question. No, they're not firing. And they can. None of these teams are. They're not. Real Madrid aren't. Yeah, yeah. City are Even a City bit of an upswing. Yeah, but they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they've yeah. had the up and down. Um, so no love, still disrespect for Benfica and no. Napoli. No, I'm no, you fans. said, you Napoli, said. Danny, go after them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough Bayern. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, guys. Tottenham Hotspur failed to go Ooh. beyond a nil-nil draw at home to Milan, which means they're out of the Champions League. Jules, this was Dyer, even though he wasn't there. No, see what I, see, I, did there? I see what you did Dyer there. suspended, of course. Yeah, of course. I mean, I was so sad I could not sleep, so I watched that game. Uh, when I came back to the hotel last night, I thought they were terrible, which we kind of knew because they can't... When, when they have the ball and there was... It was obvious that Milan were going to give them the ball because Milan could do a defensive job and nil-nil they were very happy with. And that Spurs will struggle to create anything, will struggle to get going, will struggle to get you know, Kane on the ball and to have Son looking near even the form that he had last season, for example. All of that we knew. So in the end, as bad as they were, I don't think that was even a surprise, which is maybe the saddest bit here, Gab, is that all of this... We almost predicted. It, I, it was a surprise to me. Look, I, was I, it really? I, I, I thought we would see a lot more for Tottenham. That's why, like, I thought that they could go and turn it around against Milan. I thought, why, uh, you know, the, the 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 stadium at home, Antonio mm -hmm. Conte's return. I know they lost to Wolves. They were not that bad against Wolves for like sixty minutes, seventy minutes. They were pretty good against Wolves, actually, and should have put the game away in the first half. So I thought, all right, channel that Conte shouting. This is where it finally comes together. I was completely wrong. It didn't happen. In fact, you could be watching this game, and if you didn't know the score on aggregate, you would assume it's like a league game where both teams are playing for nil-nil. Or you would have thought that Spurs would. There was so little urgency. Yeah, yeah. Romero. Gets himself. That's what he does, though. Again, that's not a surprise. 
He's done it twice, which is two times too many um, this season. So unnecessary, putting yourself in that position. Completely. You know, you had the, 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 the Harry Kane header at the end was really, I thought, really the only yeah. viable chance that they created. And the defective cross. Yeah, um, from Milan's perspective, I'm, I'm not a fan of the back three, but it's giving, it's giving results. And I think you have to give credit to, you know, those guys, we're talking about Chow, who's really, really young. This isn't like, yeah. oh, Italian team goes with back three and it's Bonucci, Chiellini, and Barzagli. No, we're talking about, you know, Tomori. We're talking about Kalulu, who's still very young. Yeah, yeah. And we're talking about Malik Chow, who I think has played half a dozen games for me. Yeah, he was not playing two months ago. Um, so I think that is, that's a real credit uh, to And Magic Mike makes a big difference. I mean, his distribution, uh, apart magic. from Edison... Who I think is still the best goalkeeper with the ball at his feet. I think Magic Mike is the second best. You have Magic Mike as the second best goalkeeper in the world. No, as in in terms of distribution with Who's the ball at his feet. Okay, so Edison is the best. Is he the ball. best keeper in the world? Who Magic, Magic Mike. Mike? Is he the best French keeper in the world? There. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I think Hugo watches the show, and he's he, the France he number one, so he <laughs> has to be the best, the best, you know, there goalkeeper you for France. Antonio Conte seemed non-committal. I mean, he was—it's not just seemed. It was non-committal about his future after the game, and he suggested that the tie had been lost in the first leg in Milan, where he was obviously not on the bench. He was. Oh, well, he was, but sick, like not yeah, well. Sorry. Uh, uh, Gab, what do you make of this, and what do you make of Richarlison? Going pretty strong post-match as well. I, look, I mean, I, Antonio, did you say Antonio Conte, whoa, we lost this in the first leg in Milan. All right, unless you mean like we literally lost it, like you're like a freaking child. Oh, look, they scored the goal the first leg. Yes, we didn't. technically you made correct. No, uh, these are like two, for, two 45 minutes halves. You need to do something in the second half. You lost 1-0 in the first leg. Yeah. You were terrible in Milan. Put it behind you. Move on. Instead, you serve up more of the same tripe. And, and I'm sorry. Uh, I, you're part of the problem with the issue on the night because those players take their cue from you you need to make the adjustments Richarlison I can understand why he's frustrated you, you're chasing the game and they send him on with what like 20 minutes to go yeah. I mean come on I mean seriously but you think Son all of a sudden is going to turn back the clock I'm not sure ah. Richarlison can turn back can like change the game either even for more time it's fine but like if you don't create any chances any chances any chances yeah no, and at yeah. some point do something different there's right? no way Conte staying right we agree on this it's, it's not I, it's, it's not, not clear to me want that he to wants to stay and it's he not clear to me that they that, want to, that, that want to keep him exactly. I mean we'll, we'll see how that one goes but no heroics from Mr. Champions League. Let me say it, Jules. It's the last so time to say it. Hans Van Aken, at least not enough to overturn the first leg deficit, as Benfica destroyed Bruges 5-1. Jules, Benfica have lost one game Amazing. all season long in all competitions. They have Gonzalo Ramos, who's making people in Lisbon say, Darwin, who? Are we sleeping on Benfica as potential champions? This is a serious question. Yeah, no, I think I think we are. I think we're underestimating them because Roger Schmidt is doing an amazing job, really. As a team, they've got the right balance with youth, experience, talent, hardworking players, players that can make the difference on their own. You mentioned Gonzalo Ramos. Rafa Silva had an amazing game as well. Joe Mario. Joe Mario. I mean, I don't know what they feed him with, Joe <laughs> Mario, but for him to be at this level at his age, considering the last you know, two, three years he had, well, he's, he's been great since he got back to Portugal, but before that, I mean, it's amazing, really amazing. I can't wait to see who they find in the draw, but if they get a draw that is doable for that, like, you know, not City yeah. straight away in the quarters, for example, then yeah, they get, get to the semis, anything can happen. And not really a surprise, but Bruges, who I've said to you all the time, all, all along, that they were not very good. Side Scott Parker after the game, two wins in 12 matches in all competitions will do that. Gab, Anything else to add from what we said on Monday that we kind of knew this was going to happen? I want to add this about Scott Parker, right? We, we've, we've made fun of his cardigan. He's been terrible, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's not a good coach. But you know what? He went ahead. He went abroad. He tested himself. He didn't do this. You're too for, sweet. He with didn't it. do this for the money. You're no, too no. sweet. There are a lot of English coaches who moan constantly about oh the opportunities. Oh, he goes Wait, for what? He's coach. brave. He goes and he's he's, he's he's rubbish and it's a humiliation for him. He could have just sat in his back side. But maybe he should have. Two wins in twelve cardigans. Maybe he should have. Chelsea beat Borussia Dortmund and are through to the quarterfinal. Jules, we can praise Chelsea and my man Kai Havertz in a minute. Yeah. But let's start with the Germans who are absolutely furious with the officiating. Yeah, completely. Uh, Mad didn't think it was a penalty. The Chilwell cross and, and the, the handball by Wolf. Was it? I, I thought it was. I, I mean, I, I think in the Premier League it's not given because the defender is really close, to be fair, to, to Chilwell. 
But I think yeah. in the Champions League, uh, they always give them after VAR intervenes. Can so. I say this, Marius? Watch your teammate, Nicolas Sula, the large German-looking man at the back. Watch arm. how he runs around know, with his arms behind his back. If you're not comfortable running like that, not everybody can run like that. He's not running. He's turning. He's literally turning that, his back. Turn your back. Be coordinated and have to put your hands behind your back. Not difficult. Really not difficult. No, but I can see why they felt aggrieved by it and even more maybe... With the retake. With the retake. Yeah, because learn, the, learn the rules. The, the, yeah, but the law of the game seems to be different than the VR rule, which says that if there's encroachment... You should only retake it if you prevent a player from the opposition to go and get to the ball to score, which is not the case in here. The case he's the post, then the ball is cleared. Right. There's no Chelsea player around the ribbon of the post. So why do you retake it then? I, I think, I believe, there's a difference between the referee, as you mentioned, between the referee making the call on the pitch and the VAR intervening. Yeah, but I, I don't I think, think the VR should have intervened to make that one retaken, to be fair. Uh, but great win, and I thought amazing performance from Havertz, one of his best games that he, he had for a long time. And as for He's Chelsea, the best on earth. Yeah, of course. And as for Chelsea, Gab, you mentioned that win is the second win in a row for Graham Potter, of course, but you wrote about the fact that it's not really Potter ball, or maybe not yet. Which, no, you're not, not yet. It's got nothing to do with Potter ball. It's got nothing to do with what got on the job. And this is what I think is an interesting dilemma, right? And look, you do a bunch of things a certain way at Brighton, right? Brighton, over the three years, Brighton on a small team with limited resources, they had 52% possession and average over those three years. Um, they were not a defend and counter-attacking team, yeah. right? They were, they were very much more pass-oriented. Here, they're playing at home against Borussia Dortmund. They need to overturn the game, and they ended up with 39% possession. They tried to play on the counter. They did it really effectively. Yeah. I'm not knocking it. They could have scored three or four goals in the first half. Nobody's knocking that. But what's interesting, too, is they scored the second goal to put them through and go ahead in minute 53, which is also the minute that Wesley Fofana scored at the weekend. After that, they had, at the weekend against Leeds United, they had, I think, two shots for an XG of 0.07. After minute 53, you know how many shots on goal they had? One. It was that Kai Havertz finish that ended up near the corner flag. Yes. XG of 0.01. So this whole idea that the best way, you know, if you're an analytics-minded guy, if you're a Potter-type guy, the best way to defend a lead is to go and uh, to go and try to score a second goal and everything. All of that's gone out the window. Yeah. Now, is it necessary because the situation he's in, he can't work? Maybe it's necessary. Um, will this help him keep his job? I don't know. I'm not in Boldy's head. I just think it's interesting that... You know, he's he's had to become at least for now, or he's felt the need to go and play a very different type of football than the football he wants to play and the football he was hired for. Yeah, yeah we'll I see do. if it's temporary. I like the back three and I like Fofana's form right now. Yeah, and by the way, the Koulibaly miss. I yeah. love Kelly Do, but I it was know. funny because he finishes. It turns into a pass backwards. Yeah, that? it's oh. just anyway. But he's, he's been good overall. Yeah, selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Joan Laporta gives a big interview in Spain, and he's got plenty to say, including the fact that he can't rule out the sale of an attacking player this summer, yep. that Xavi's getting a new deal, yep. and at the look to bring in a right back and maybe another center back. And Your that they also was? obviously never bought any referees, you know, to uh, clear. Uh, uh, um, Xavi's getting a new deal. I think he deserves it, to be fair. I think he's doing a, a good job for what he has, even if he's maybe not the Barca of all time, not. Cruyff's Barca, not Guardiola's Barca, it's a more defensive-minded Barca, maybe. He's what they needed, given the conditions, exactly. the situation Completely. he walked into. I agree with you. If you sell an attacking player, okay. I mean, on Sufati, you hardly play him, so maybe sell him. You've got 
Abde, who's going to come back from his loan, you can sell him, he's got a decent value, maybe. When he's, right now, they can't sign anybody. Not even a right back, not even a centre back, nobody. There's no, there's no room, even a free player, a free agent, nothing. So let's see what they can do in the summer. Let's, get, let's not get too carried away. Because in the end, if they win La Liga, I think it's a successful season. But let's not forget that they were outplayed by United, for example, and that in La Liga, he hasn't always been great. Far from it. I wonder if he's going to pull, pull more levers. You know, as long as he doesn't consider Gavi an attacking player, yeah. I think Barcelona fans can live with it. Yeah. And Gab Laporta also said that he had to let Lionel Messi go because of financial fair play. You still think there's a conspiracy there? There's more to it? I don't, I don't get this, uh, Lionel Messi. <laughs> you know, despite what people say, you can't reduce your salary, blah, blah, blah. Spanish people, we know that that's not true. So Messi could have played for very little. Messi come out and says it's not true that I was given the opportunity to come back and play for, uh, play for free or, or pay for a nominal amount. Um, so no, this doesn't make much sense to me. Either Messi wanted to go, or Laporta didn't want him to didn't want to keep him, or yeah. both. And financial fair play is really tangential to it because, again, they can't both be one hundred percent telling the truth. Yeah, it's just a contradiction. One, yeah. There. UEFA will reimburse Liverpool fans after the chaos at the Champions League final. Jules, is that enough? Uh, I don't think I don't think so. Gab. I mean, I think that this is the least they could do, of course. But you know, giving someone fifty pound for his ticket or sixty pound, if you think that it's enough to make him forget the trauma that he might have endured while being there outside those gates, the situation, the context, everything that they, those fans went through, no, it's not. No. It's not enough. I'm not. I don't know exactly what more they could do anyway. I get that. UEFA, that is. Yeah, I mean, UEFA. obviously, the city of Paris, the police. There yeah, are yeah. other parties who I think can also compensate. Yeah, of course, but but. Yeah, I, th I think that trauma will forever yeah. be there, for sure. More Barca, the public prosecutor's office is proceeding with a case against, uh, the, against Barcelona for corruption in sport as a result of the club's payment to the deputy chair of the Spanish Referees Committee that we just mentioned in the quick hit before. Gab, what does this mean? Do you remember uh, Javier Tebas has said that you, know, you didn't break in, there's a statute of limitations, we can't prosecute from a sporting perspective, they're going to try to prosecute them from a criminal perspective, a court will decide if that goes through. If it happens, Abais has already reported this, Barcelona will sue uh, Bartomeu, since he was in charge yeah. at the time, and rightly so. Um, I don't know what else you can do at this stage, frankly, uh, but it's just such an ugly, infuriating story, and man, Bartomeu's legacy. Yeah. Video has emerged of Kyle Walker exposing himself multiple times to women in a bar in Manchester just a few hours after Manchester City's uh, game last weekend. Jules, what should happen here? And we've only seen the pictures. We don't have his version of yeah. the dance. Or oh, the, the girls that he's with that he seems to be, um, you know, very close to in every You don't sense. have the audio. Maybe they asked him, hey, yeah, Kyle, can you show me? Trousers. Yeah, oh. please. I don't know, Maybe but... It's Several different people asked them to do that. It's an incredible story, really incredible, that I think could become even bigger than that. There's an investigation going on from a police point of view. I think City needs to also yeah. start the investigation. I don't know, but I think this could be big for, for Carl Walker and have big consequences. Uh, your suggestion is he was intoxicated, but if the game ended at close to three o'clock, I don't see how you can get intoxicated enough in the space of just a couple hours or, or an yeah, hour and a bit. Yeah. And this happened at what, 5.20? Yeah, that's I mean, insane. that's... I know, I know. Wow. Napoli's chief of police, uh, Napoli's chief of police has banned and tried Frankfurt's fan from traveling for the Champions League second leg next week. And Gab, and are furious. Eindracht are very angry about this. They were due to get 2,700 tickets. Uh, the reason the chief of police has, has done this is, he's like, look, uh, Eindracht, Fans have caused trouble uh, with against Ajax, against Rangers. There were 35 arrested when they played last time around. Napoli's fans have caused trouble. They have intelligence that a whole bunch of ultras groups from uh, around Europe, some allied with Napoli, some allied with, with, with Frankfurt, are coming into the city. And he says, I'm doing my job as chief of police. I'm banning this. Now, UEFA can say, let's move it elsewhere. Let's play behind closed doors. That's on UEFA. But... I think the chief of police is, he's got to have the final say. You know, I, I, I get the point from a Napoli's police point of view. I just find it sad that for a game like this, you can't have away fans as well as home fans to put a great atmosphere in the, in the Diego Maradona Stadium. That, you know, I saw yesterday at the Allianz Arena, you had 3,500 PSG fans, I think, that were there putting great atmosphere. Then the rest of, obviously, the Bayern fans putting great And I think this is, this is nice. This is the big games under the lights. It's the Champions League. And yet, 
not having away fans, I think is sad. But I, I it, completely get it, and I, I'm, I'm all for it. We have the same in France. So. I mean, I, I think it's one thing when UEFA investigate, especially events of, of the first leg. Like I said, there were running battles. 35 people arrested. That's not, 35 Eintracht fans arrested. Yeah. Uh, that's not a joke, right? If this had been UEFA banning it, going through their disciplinary procedure, I think it would be a different issue. What they don't like, and this gets into, oh, look, it's a representative, you know, it's, it's an Italian government institution. Right? Yeah, the they do it to advantage it. now, but yeah. Doing, well, yeah. I mean, first of all, guys, I draft, my nefkoinde, you tune it up, you tune it down from the first leg. You no, true, but, home, yeah, so but part of the game is... But equally, there has to be procedure. And the other thing is, when it comes, let's not forget, though, before people get too sanctimonious and stuff, we live in England where the police have the ultimate say on everything when it comes to moving fixtures, kickoff times, yeah. let's play at 9 a.m., let's shut down the trains. Um, I agree, banning away fans, and this is the other scary element, and for people who are outside Europe, they may not understand this, or people who aren't very familiar with Ultra's networks. There's a cohort of people that like to fight around football matches. And a lot of these ultras groups, and by the way, I'm not saying Eintracht are worse than Napoli. Napoli's ultras groups have gotten into a ton of troubles. They've also been banned uh, in Italy from yeah. going to away games and stuff. There's some really bad elements in there. But there are cohorts of these people who ally, who want an excuse for a fight. Yeah, for sure. And so, as I said, like there was just suggestions of people coming from, uh, I think, Red Star Belgrade. Ultras uh, were, were rumored uh, to be coming down. Feyenoord Ultras were rumored to be coming down. Uh, each one picking sides. Okay, you know, we'll team up with Eintracht. You guys team up with Napoli. I, this is a city that people live in. You know, we're in our football yeah. bubble. Uh, if you're an elderly person, if you don't want to get caught up in this. There's an argument to be made, too. Taxpayer resources going to pay for all this. Um, once you get that intel... Problem is, from the outside, when it's the chief of police unilaterally making the decision, it's never a yeah. good look. Abdel Boazama, Boazama, yeah, right. The manager of Angers has been sacked. Jules, what did he do? Yeah, that's another crazy story, Gab. Uh, there's a player, Angers, Liacheti, the left back, who um, has been charged for sexu sexually assaulting a, a girl in a nightclub. Uh, and the manager, Boazama, thought it was a good idea before the game at Montpellier at the weekend, where we knew of the charges, to say in his team talk before the match, to say to the players, well, Shetty is starting the game at left back, because it's not that serious what he did. We've all touched girls before, which, yeah. as you can imagine, went down pretty badly within his yeah. own dressing room, with his own players who were shocked by the fact that their manager could use terminology like that and words like that saying sexually assaulting someone is okay the, it's nothing the, we've the, all done it pretty much uh, like you know there's nothing wrong with touching girls i think most people have done it there's a, there's a little word called consent in there uh which seems what's in dispute here it's incredible uh, i mean he was a terrible manager on top how of, did it, how did uh, this come out if he said it in oh, the call. players at some point could not let that go i mean already they knew that he was completely out of his depth as a manager he, he hadn't won any single game in the 12 games in charge that he had or 11 games in charge that he had and they were very i mean very happy it was a terrible scene but they were happy to leak it because they knew they would get rid of him and rightly so and i didn't deserve to be a coach and he doesn't even deserve to be at that club anymore this is a club by the way angers who had another players charged recently for you know, exhibiting himself, yeah, or exposing himself. exposing himself again and doing weird stuff. It's a club that the owner, by the Is way, Kyle Walker of a French cousin, maybe, but the owner of Angers in June, uh, his trial will start for sexual, sexually harassing some uh, member of his of the club as well. So. So the owner is not Noel Legret. Just no, to check that. he's okay. another guy. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of things going wrong at that club right now. Juventus are hoping that a procedural error will help them overturn the 15 points penalty that they receive for false accounting. Gab, what is this about? So basically, there's another, it's, a, it's a, like an administrative tribunal that said, um, that decided to allow some sort of evidence without getting too loyally and complicated, you know my feelings here, um, they allowed Juve to submit this kind of evidence um, in the sporting tribunal, which will decide whether yep. to uphold or to throw out their appeal against a 15-point penalty. It all centers around when, like, basically, if you're a prosecutor, if you request evidence, um, official evidence from the, in this case, it was the financial control body of Italian football, you then have 60 days to uh, to, to, to open an investigation. Um Apparently, 
or the suggestion here is that they requested the evidence and then sat on it for more than 60 days, which means then you can't open an investigation. This would mean Juve getting off on a technicality. Yeah. Juve getting off on a technicality, while it's good in the immediate if they get their 15 points back, I don't think it's a clean outcome. I don't think it's a good outcome. I no. think it just it leads all the suspicion of wrongdoing. I hope, and by the way, this would invalidate some of the evidence against them, not all of them. If you're Juve, you should... Yeah, of course, pursue this because ultimately needs must and his financial stakes. You got to do, you know, look at their shareholders. But hopefully you can get this overturned in a way that everybody understands and not on yeah. some kind of and to show that technicality. Yeah, to show that you're... Good. Yeah, and, and to show that this case, this idea that it's a system or whatever is nonsense. Yeah. Um, and there's something wrong, by the way, with the legal system, which doesn't give you a pathway to do that that actually encourages you, well, no, that's too difficult to prove. Oh, it's so, too much of a headache. Hey, let's take fine. this technicality here. We'll yeah, let you off. Yeah, yeah. Gabriel Jesus is back in full training for Arsenal. Yes. Jules, how excited should Gooners be? Very excited because he's gonna, him returning is going to make the team better. Of course, they were still good without him. They'd be better with him. It's another option. It's another body. He's a very talented player, especially when he gets back to full fitness, to his best, like he was before the, his knee injury. So it's great news, of course, because you're always scared that maybe there'll be a setback there or a muscular injury following up him, being really eager to come back and to full fitness and etc. So for now, it looks like he's on track. And then whenever he can start again, maybe you expect him to go, maybe get 15 minutes there, 20, 30. You don't want to rush him either. Europa League tonight is too, too soon, yeah? Yeah. But maybe a cameo this yeah, weekend? Yeah, yeah, certainly. Okay. I think so. All I right. think so. Eric Ten Hag says that Bruno Fernandes uh, will continue to be Manchester United's standing captain when Harry Maguire is not around. Is this a thing? I mean, no, it's Bruno not a thing. This is so stupid. Criticized heavily for his kind of behavior and body language. Oh, so you can't be standing captain. No, no, this I'm is, just saying. Like, no, no, I, 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 the people. I, I blame the people who, who make this a thing on social media. I blame us in the media. We should have the news judgment not to follow up, not to ask Eric Ten Hag these stupid questions. Unless a United player comes out and says, even, even off the record, I'm not comfortable with Bruno Fernandes being stand-in captain. What, what, what does that even mean? It reminds me of like when Mourinho decided, oh, Paul Pogba is no longer one of our four vice-captains. Um, Eric Ten Hag shouldn't be made to answer this. Yeah, You know, Eric Ten Hag will give the captain's armband to whoever he wants to, right? I mean, Harry Maguire is a club captain, but he doesn't always play. Uh, what, what do you expect Ten Hag to say? No, I don't Oh, know. no, I, uh, went on, uh, you know, I, I went on Twitter and I decided, yeah, the fans are right. Uh, I should take this away from this stupid piece of cloth away from Bruno. I, it's, it's just so silly <laughs> and we shouldn't waste uh, people's time with it, I think. Valt Weghorst uh, has upset some Manchester yes, fans. He has. So much United uh, for touching the iconic This is Anfield sign on his way out of the tunnel uh, when they played Liverpool last weekend. Yeah. Jules, can you explain this? Yeah, yeah I mean, you cl can clearly see him on the footage. Have you touched it? I have touched it, yeah. I have touched Did you have to jump to. No, 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 you no, can't okay. touch it. No, no, I, I touched it, but. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's okay. No, I, I, I think I still didn't have to jump, but. Um, <laughs> But you can clearly see him. You see his hand right. and you see his arm with the shirt. You could, there's, it, it cannot not be him. Uh, and then he came up with the worst excuse or justification ever, I think. Completely BS saying, yeah, I saw Van Dijk doing it a lot and I wanted to prevent him from doing it. So, I mean, like, you see his hand, like literally touching it like the Liverpool player that is next to him. There's, he doesn't, he's not trying to prevent anyone or Van Dijk or anybody to touch it. He's just touching it himself. Well, it negates the, the, the magical power. If Van Dijk touches it, oh, he gets power. At the same time. And then it's a negative. Yeah, exactly. Well, that worked out well then. Um, <laughs> Don Hutchinson, yeah. who I, I think, having played for both Liverpool and Everton, I think he was the perfect guy. He weighed in on this on social media, yeah. right? And he said that, uh, look, I don't see what the big deal is. A lot of... of of players touch it. Who are, yeah, who are yeah, no, that's true, which is true. Which He's is like, true. I've touched it myself uh, while other, at other clubs. And then he adds, but never while playing for Everton. Yeah, of course. Which, so, but you know what? Don it's just clumsy. Don Hutchinson played in the city, knows the city and stuff. The, 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 the vague horse... I was, I, always more, I was almost more angry about his explanation <laughs> than him actually touching More United, Gab, even though they're from Manchester, uh, they have big commercial offices in London and they're moving 
down the road from us as well. They will be your neighbors. Exactly. I actually uh, worked out that, you know, there'll be about uh, a six-minute walk uh, oh, wow. uh, from my house. Uh, now, let's like, go and have a coffee with Richard Arnold if you want? I don't think, no, no, Richard Arnold's staying up north because oh, okay. he's very northern. Uh, no, it's going to be a bunch of their commercial guys who signs their de deals around the world who nobody knows who they are. Nobody really cares who they are, so it's really not a big deal. Um, I just wanted to look. They're not the only club. Liverpool also have uh, have offices here in London and so on. I, I just included this because it's a testament. It shows you how how this is a global business. Yeah, London much more of a of, of a of business a hub yeah, than definitely. than Manchester or Liverpool. Logically, um, there are clubs that that have opened up offices. Obviously, leagues have done it already in cities around the world. Yeah. I'm assuming there's a business case to be made for it, and it's not just a big jolly old building. So they're Funny, in Mayfair, and now they're moving to. They're moving Mayfair to High Street Kensington. High Street Kensington they're right above the tube station. If you want to go and visit them, it's a big okay. glass building called the uh, Kensington Building. One rights lane. Um, God, I'm truly going to thank me. Ah, <laughs> yeah, what, what publicity, amazing. <laughs> Bayern are on the verge of offering Luca Hernandez a new deal. Jules, is this wise? He has started six league games this season. I mean, I look at these numbers. These numbers are incredible, right? Yeah, because... He has started in more than 18 games just twice in his entire career. And he's 27 years old. He's had two big and injuries. And he's done it once since moving to Bayern. No, he's had more than two big injuries. No, no, I know, but two especially long ones. I know. And then I know, a bunch of crappy little run. ones. But he's also very good when he plays. It's always a good idea to extend a French player's contract <laughs> anyway. Alfonso Davies is also really good. I know. Mecano is also really I good. Know. I you know. Have <laughs> That's true, but he's left-footed. He can play left-back. He can play centre-back, of course. He can play in the back three, in the back four. I think he gives you a lot. I think he gives you a lot. Like, I love I, Lucas as well. I love you do. Lucas. According to a Spanish media rapper, La Liga is in trouble with uh, broadcasted The Zone and CVC, the private equity fund who owns a part of the league, looking to renegotiate. La Liga responded immediately, though. Yeah, so this is interesting. So the, this report was, was put out on, I have to say, it's a media outlet I haven't heard of, but the guy is pretty well known. The guy is who, who, who wrote this report, I'm blanking on his name, but he's a big adversary of Javier Tebas. Yes. And they went at each other on, on Twitter. He's basically saying that, um, you know, the zone's not getting the numbers that they want. And so he's suggesting that maybe they were late with payments or whatever. La Liga have absolutely denied that. Um, and CVC, you remember, they're the ones who gave them a whole load of money in exchange for share of future yeah. uh, TV like revenue. Um, uh, that they want to renegotiate it. Uh, La Liga explained this away, basically saying everything's fine. I, to me, if I want to be a cynical here, yeah, I would suggest maybe somebody, uh, one of a couple dominant clubs in Spain who maybe might be more super league oriented and might not be fans oh, of Tebas, maybe, might yeah, be throwing some some shade here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Incredible, but apparently true. Despite his many injuries, Eden Hazard has triggered enough bonuses that he is now the most expensive player wow. in the history of Real Madrid, passing Gareth Bale. Now, you'll remember when he moved, the transfer fee was lower than Bale's, marginally lower. Yeah. Um, but there was all sorts of uh, add-ons to do with him staying at the club and whatever else. Um, so now he's the most expensive player in the history of Real Madrid, which is weird. Incredible. Really incredible. I mean, I think it's a sad story. And it's pushed Cristiano down to third place. Oh my, he won't be happy with that. He might come back to the club <laughs> just to be that. I think it's sad because it could have been so different, so much better. And in the end, it will be one of the biggest flops, if, if not the biggest flops of that club, uh, which I think is sad for a player of this talent. He's got another year left on his contract, by the way. And as much as Real would like to see him gone in the summer and say, like, listen, come on, there's no point you staying. You don't play even a second. It seems like he wants to stay for the last year of his contract, which again, if that's true, you would have to question his own motivation to play football full stop. You know, is there a parallel between him and Bale? Yeah, maybe there is. Yeah, yeah, well, it certainly ah, is. Yeah, 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 certainly no, is. no, no, because the thing about Hazard is he's just injured all the time. It's not like he magically gets fit when he plays for Belgium. No. No, I mean, he's not even going to play for Belgium anymore. At least before that, he would, he would right. get a few minutes there and then. Now he's retired from international football. So, Gab, who is Andrea Compagno and why will he be called up by Italy in the next international break? So, I put this in here because, Jules, you've got a truly encyclopedic knowledge. I, I bring up random Serie B <laughs> footballers and you're like, oh, yeah. I'm going to guess, have you heard of this guy? Um, 
Okay. All right. I don't know. Nope. 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 This guy is a tremendous story. Okay. Uh, so he plays for um, FCSB, which is essentially Stawa Bucharest. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Stawa Bucharest. Uh, as I mentioned, he's 26 years old. It, it's just so wild. He's a center forward. He's a big guy. Um, basically, he was in the youth youth academy, I think, as Catania when he was younger. wasn't good enough. Was told he wasn't good enough, and said, "I want to pursue my dream of playing football." So he started playing for effectively uh, semi-professional sides, non-league sides. Bounced around, played for a team in San Marino. But I mean, we're talking like semi-pro, like yeah, not yeah, professional, yeah. right? Somehow, it ends up in Romania at Universitatea Craiova uh, three years ago. And starts playing and starts scoring goals. So scoring a lot of goals. He's there for two seasons. Um, moves to Bucharest to uh, to, to, to FCSB uh, last summer for for like five or six million. Maybe for the Romanian yeah, yeah, market, yeah. like a good amount of money. I'm still scoring goals. Mancini says, I don't know who this dude is. Um, let me have but a look. let me have a look. Yeah, of course, right? Be also, that. because right now there are only, believe it or not, there are only five. Italian center forwards who are regular starters at their clubs um, in in the top flight. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's crazy. And like, God, you know, yeah. one of them is obviously Chirin Mobile. One of them is is Ciccio Caputo, who's like thirty four years old. Yeah. Another one, you know, Stefano Caca, who's not who's not very good. No. Guys like that. So he says, like, I need bodies, right? Yeah, fair enough. Um, but I think it's a wonderful story. Yeah, I know. I love wistful it. because basically this guy was at your level when I he know, was eighteen. You, see, you know. I, you went to university. You, you could have gone to Romania and maybe worked your way at San Marino. I'll, I'll be playing for France now. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. France's no, standard no. is higher, but maybe you would have been good enough to play for Italy. <laughs> Jules, this may be a stretch for the uh, Gavin Jules show, but I got to ask you this. The Washington Post <laughs> reports that Adidas could literally burn half a billion dollars worth of Yeezys, uh, which I think is a very expensive shoe, so it's probably not that many shoes, after breaking their contract with Kanye West. <laughs> following his offensive and erratic comments and behavior. Uh, you're the footwear expert. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of this? You know, I got I got a pair of Yeezys just before the whole controversy exploded. Oh. And then my wife, Kate, said, like, you can't you can't wear them. It's not possible. And I'm like, fair enough. Uh, so they're still in the cupboard in the house, in the box. Um, I mean, Adidas losing a lot of money. Even if they don't burn those Yeezys that they still have in stock, Losing already a lot of money to the point that there were even rumors that maybe they could they would just do a, a partnership, short term partnership with Kanye so they can sell those Yeezys, make that money, and then just cut ties completely with him and just forget that. They can you give them the charity or something? Can you give them the charity of people who need, who, but like, people who like were in ringworm affected areas yeah, in I, Africa I know, or yeah, something? Like, would I, they want to wear it? I don't know. It's such a <laughs> difficult position to be in in a way. For I mean, it's easy in a way and difficult because the money that's involved and tie up to the whole thing. Like, I don't know how they, wh what they're going to do, but it's one that we need to... Maybe they should have written a better contract. Yeah. Or maybe she just shouldn't have done the crazy yes, stuff that he did. <laughs> stuff at Watford are reportedly furious. I saw that story, Gab, that the club have started charging them retroactively for eating in the canteen at the training center. So basically taking money off their wages to basically pay for the food that they're eating in their own training ground. How would you make of this? I've never seen okay. any stories like that before. So I've eaten in the staff canteen uh, at Watford, the, the training ground, London Colton. It used to be Arsenal's old training ground. It's just yeah, next yeah, door. UCL, um, um, uh, <laughs> this is really weird to me that you would I, I, that you would do it, not tell people. Yeah, they haven't it. told them. That's the thing as well. well. They didn't warn them. The other thing is... If you don't feed your staff in-house, especially, I don't know if this applies to the playing staff or not, um, but then they're going to go, then they have to They have to eat somewhere, right? So yeah, they yeah. have to bring packed lunches from home, or, because these are younger people, they'll just go to the corner at McDonald's, right? There's not much else there. It's in the, it's the middle of the countryside, right? <laughs> so I think you got to think about these things. I, I don't That's know. Crazy. I, at the very least, PR-wise, I expect a clarification because this is not good. I mean, they had to pay for Billy being sacked, to be fair. So maybe that's where they found the money <laughs> to go. pay him off. I don't, know. I don't know. Jules, that brings us to an end this week. But we got to come back oh, yes. on Monday because there is so much going on this yeah. weekend. Things tightening up, hotting up. Um, I'm excited. Until then, love your neighbor. Love the game. Love yourself. I said it out of sequence just to see if you were, uh, if you were keeping track.